Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every week on Thursday, a brand new guest is joining the show, talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts and other stuff they're involved in. My guest today is an instructor, a stunt person, an actress, a product designer, a spokesperson, and more. She holds a ninth degree black belt and has been studying martial arts for over 40 years. She's one of only three people to be certified by three of the Kempo pioneers in the U.S., Grandmasters Nick Serio, Ed Parker, and George Pisari. In 1991, she broke a record by winning gold medals in forms of fighting and weapons at the WAKO World Championships, and she did it again in 1993. She's appeared on over 50 magazine covers and inducted into over 40 Hall of Fames. She's been involved in numerous TV shows and movies, including The Next Karate Kid, Batman and Robin, and WMAC Masters. Please welcome to the show, Christine Bannon-Rodriguez. How are you doing today, Christine? Very good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So how we like to start the show, we, we, I want to go back to the beginning. I want to know what led to that first interest, that first spark in martial arts, and kind of what, what started your martial arts journey? Well, I basically um, just started as another sport. Um, you know, I was a teenager. I was in high school. I was actually out junior high. And it was just something I did with some of my girlfriends, you know, one of my girlfriends. And she really had to convince me to try it. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try it. Her brother was studying and it wasn't a commercial school. I was studying uh, with my husband. It was his school, but it was more of a private school. So I figured I'd try it out. And, uh, you know, from there I fell in love with it. It was, I think she quit within the first year. And then I was kind of solo on my own there. And it was a very male oriented uh, sport. But there were some girls, and, um, you know, I, I just fell in love with it, and I uh, really enjoyed it and just kept going from that point forward. Nice. And what was that first style? Uh, it was Kempo. Okay. So I've been uh, studying Kempo since uh, 1980, with, you know, under my husband, and, you know, had the chance to also, uh, you know, get tested and certified by some of the greatest Kempo grandmasters around. Definitely. Uh, being uh, Nick Serio, Professor Nick Serio, and uh, Grandmaster George Pizzari, and uh, Grandmaster Ed Parker. So I was very fortunate to be able to get tested by all three of those guys. That's great. Now, now you mentioned that you, you just you fell in love with it. What was it specifically that really drew you in once you started that made you want to stick with it? What was it about it that you fell in love with? Uh, I, I, I think it was probably the fact that I was a beginner, but I wasn't put on the bench, you know, like I wasn't sitting out on the sport as you do with a lot of sports when you first get into basketball or softball or uh, anything like that. You know, when you're, you're a beginner and you're not very good at it, you, you spend a lot of time sitting on the bench, you know, so 
I, I think I enjoyed that I was able to participate 100% of the time. You know, I was taught at my level uh, when I started competition. You know, it was exciting to go to different events and, and compete. But if I messed up, I was kind of, you know, messing up for myself. It wasn't like, you know, a whole team that was going to be looking at me like, how'd you miss that shot? You know, right, <laughs> so, right. so I didn't feel, you know, as much pressure as with some of the team sports. Okay. And you mentioned competition. What drew you to the competition aspect of martial arts? Well, uh, my husband started the Ocean State Grand Nationals. And the very first year, it wasn't called the Ocean State Grand Nationals. It was uh, Don Rodriguez Karate Championships the first year. But we're actually uh, going into our 40th anniversary with the event this coming year. Wow. So the tournaments, uh, we did have to take off two years because of COVID. <laughs> so right, right. it should be our 42nd. But, um, you know, he wanted to run a tournament. So it was at a local high school gym. And, you know, when we had gone to a couple other events, I had watched. But this is the first tournament that I ever competed in. And I was an orange belt at the time. And... It was different because, you know, nowadays the 13-year-old would not be allowed to go against adult competitors, you know, for legal reasons. You you know, you can't put a kid against an adult. Mm -hmm. But back then, I competed in forms in the uh, junior division, and that was against, you know, mostly for some girls. But I competed in the junior division in forms, but I was pretty much the size I am now when I was 13, you know, as most girls kind of don't really do a lot of growing after that so it's kind of about the size i am now so my instructor said you know you're probably safer going in the women's division than going in a teenage boys division where you know i could have a 13 year old 200 pound boy you know right. <laughs> so uh so i went into the women's division but at that time there was only one division for women and it was white to black belt so I was an orange belt and ended up drawing one of the black belts to fight. So <laughs> that was quite the experience. Okay. Okay. And I know I mentioned you also did, did well in weapons. What was your uh, weapon of choice when you competed? Well, you know, I did the samurai sword. I, I did uh, the bow. I did, you know, various weapons coming up through the Kempo style. But after I earned my black belt, that's when competition didn't have like these extreme divisions and creative divisions, you know, your traditional form that you were taught by your instructor and you go out there and compete. And I was competing against men all the time. And if I was doing a bow versus another male doing a bow or a samurai sword, they're always going to look stronger because, you know, it's yeah, a judge needs to really differentiate pound for pound who's the stronger person out there, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's a hard thing to do. And, you know, I was just competing, basically doing the same thing they were doing. And my husband said, you know, you really should take some of your strengths and use those in competition. And I don't, you know, he, he didn't know those crazy kicks and different moves so he had recommended me to go study wushu with someone okay so at first i i studied with glenn hart in uh cape cod and then i switched and started training with yao li who i uh stayed with in the wushu um field and so i was able to do a, a different style that was very acrobatic and you know showed my speed and it showed my flexibility and it also could show my strength and power as well. So I was able to take some of my 
some of my strengths and put those out there and competing in difficulty level and stuff like that. So it definitely made a huge difference when I was competing with the men. Very cool. So then I'm assuming then also with, with regular forms too, not just weapons, you just, you incorporated some of that wushu because that's just so different from Kempo as far as forms go. Uh, that had to... Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I started doing that after, you know, I was ranked in the top, in the top, uh, five New England or whatever when I was a black belt, but then I started studying that wushu and, and it, it took 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 a little time um to learn it all because it's a total different style and very very different from hard style i mean our kempo is very hard style you know but i think having that strong kempo background made me a stronger wushu competitor than someone that just started studying wushu and that's their first art because it's very fluid and very graceful and but i was still able to take that hard power uh keep the speed and everything else that i learned with the kempo Okay. Very, very cool. And then at what level did you start teaching? When did that become something you wanted to do and, and pursue? Well, I was a black belt and I was uh, graduated high school. I was competing all over the country and in college. And it was started to get very expensive because I started, you know, when I started uh, not just competing regionally in New England or New England, New York, New Jersey area, when I started flying and hitting the national circuit wanting to be you know top in the country you had to earn those points and you couldn't just go to one tournament and become number one in the country i mean you had to go to the majority of them and win most of them mm-hmm. so you know so i was traveling a lot and uh, you know so my, my instructor said you know you're gonna have to you got to do something to earn some money to help pay for this because this is you know being very expensive so that's when I decided to open a commercial school. So my husband still taught privately, and I opened a commercial school in 1985. So, you know, I was kind of, you know, still doing the college stuff, still competing, running the school. And then uh, then I got out of college. Because <laughs> I kind of felt like, you know, this was really my dream. This is something I really wanted to achieve. I wanted to be number one in the country in, in forms fighting and weapons, but I also wanted to be a world champion. And I felt like like gymnastics or any other sport that this was my opportunity and, and the time for me to do it, you know, going through college and, and starting a new profession and everything else. Like when I'm close to 30, I didn't think I'd have as much skill and, and energy to do it. <laughs> so I wanted to do it, you know, hit the iron while it was hot. So I I stopped going to college, focused full time on, on martial arts between teaching and traveling and competing. And uh, you know, from that point forward, I mean I laugh now because I, you know, that's what I do is I, I run a martial arts school and and run co promote a tournament and teach all over the place and also do film work and I never took one business class in school. I never I never took any of that stuff. So, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so, so it's like, God, I got all this, you know, I wanted to be in the medical field, so I had all these sciences and, you know, math and all those things, and I never took a typing class. I never took business, none of the classes that they offered back then, so I had to kind of learn from scratch. Nice. Well, that's the way to do it. So so what do you think's changed about your teaching style over the years, thinking back to your first school in 1985 to now? What do you think has changed mostly? Uh, I think, um, you know, I think 
we have to be a little more careful than we were way back then. We were probably, uh, you know, a little harder on students. <laughs> um, where you know we can still be very strict and 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 tough on them, but you know, I mean, I I remember when I was in class, we used to line up against the wall, and the instructor would go down and. And hit everybody, you know. <laughs> I mean, tighten your stomach and learn how to take a punch and key eye and, you know, just just so that you knew how to take a punch. You know, I mean, it's not something that we probably walk around punching the students right now right. <laughs> in this day and age. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of the teaching is, has stayed very similar over the years and try to keep it similar. I think little more with the high tech especially with covid i mean we're using zoom classes and uh you know the technology i think really helps the student when they could go on and watch a video if they forgot something uh how to do something so i think in that aspect made it a little bit easier a little you know student friendly that you can learn things a little bit easier that way but i would say the biggest difference for me as an instructor from the very beginning to now is when I first started I had to I kind of had to pretend I was almost like the secretary when someone would call and ask about classes okay so I'd kind of act like I was the secretary and I'd say oh yeah you know we have an adult class at seven o'clock you know come on in and you know you can meet the instructor and and you know you could try it out tonight or whatever i would say and when i would do that they they didn't know i was the instructor like if i said i was the instructor they would probably never come back (laughs) nice but you know so back then that's kind of how i just started to get adults into the school and they would come in they would watch they would watch me teaching six foot you know, six foot two guys that were 200 and something pounds that, you know, I could teach them. And I, you know, and they had respect for me because I had earned that respect. They knew I could show them how to fight or how to do certain things. So the minute someone would come in and watch a class like that, then it would be like, it's not like I had to convince them, you know, they, they saw it with their own eyes, but that's kind of how I had to get them in the door. Okay. So I, I don't think nowadays people look at you that way, you know, like, oh, I don't want to train with a female or, you know, uh, what could a female teach me in the martial arts? I, I think I think our times have changed with that goes. So I, I would say that's probably the biggest difference I have from running a school way back then as, as to now. I mean, in our schools are probably 50-50 as far as male and female. Okay, nice. And to back up just a little, you had mentioned, obviously, you, you started teaching to pay for the tournament circuit. A lot of the listeners may not realize that, you know, competing and winning tournaments, you don't win money for, you know, for the most part. For most tournaments, you know, you're winning a medal or a trophy. So it's it's everything's out of your other than I don't know if back then in the early 80s and mid 80s. I don't know if fighters and, and competitors had sponsors or not. But for the most part, it was all out of pocket out of your and you paid for it yourself. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And back in, I want to say it was like 1987, I was chosen to be put on the first, uh, you know, professionally paid team and sponsored team, which was the Atlantic World Karate Team, and then uh, turned into Trans World Oil. So that was a awesome opportunity. We got paid extremely well. There's never been a sponsor out there to this day that has given that kind of money. Wow. You know, which. We had people like Billy Blanks and Linda Denley, and it was just the who's who of the martial arts that was on that team, Kevin Thompson and, 
it was it was really an incredible experience but uh for the most part no you don't you don't make too much and if you win the entire tournament you know you could possibly walk away with a thousand dollars but that's you're the only one you yeah know? <laughs> right so. okay okay and how did the, how did the hollywood thing start when did that come about i mean your, your first movie you were involved in i believe was an ex karate kid but how did was that something you seeked out or did someone approach you uh, that was, I did not seek that out. That was uh, Mr. Pat Johnson. I was very friendly with, knew him through the martial arts from going to some of the big tournaments and he would be, you know, one of the special guests there and, you know, got a chance to meet him and, and become good friends with him. And he was a uh, director. He was a fight stunt coordinator for a lot of movies and uh, he did all the Ninja Turtle movies and all the Karate Kid movies and some of the Batman. And, you know, so he had uh, a lot of experience there. But I, I never said to him, hey, if you ever look at, you know, need a girl, let me know. <laughs> you know, I'm available. I, I never said anything to him about doing film work. But he was filming the next Karate Kid. And that was in uh, the Boston area. So when he was filming in Boston, he... Uh, I guess the stunt, the girl who doubled the Hillary Swank was a uh, a very good stunt woman, but her specialty wasn't the martial arts, and that's what the movie was about, martial arts. Mm-hmm. So she did some phenomenal stunt work on the ladder and with the pizza, the car driver, you know, flipping over the car that she almost got hit by, and you know, she did some great work. But Mr. Johnson really wanted, you know, a high level female martial artist to do those parts of the fight scene. So, you know, he um, he had called me and asked me if I was interested in going up there and meeting Hillary and seeing how we sized up together. And and I was like, well, I got class tonight. My husband's like, well, you cancel them and we're going. <laughs> so he, he's like, you don't just, you know, blow something like that off. And I was like, okay, you know, so I went there and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I felt like a white belt all over again because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Right. <laughs> but it, it was it was a lot of fun, and and I learned a lot on that. And from that point forward is when I kind of said, you know, this is something I really like, and I think I'd like to do it some more. So very cool. And I know I think I think you're the third or fourth, uh, for sure, the third guest I've had that has been involved in WMAC Masters, which I loved watching when I was younger, because um, I've also interviewed. Um, um, Carmichael Simon and Herb Perez have also been on the show. So, oh, nice! Yeah, that that was a, that was a fun show, and I wish I, I wish they'd bring it back. Almost, <laughs> it was so much fun. I know, I know, and there's a lot of hype about it because I know that there's someone out there writing a book about it, yep. and and you know there is definitely a, a lot of people that remember the show and and you know are very inspired by the people that were on it. Okay. So now obviously you've done stunts for a lot of stuff, you know, WMAC Masters, Batman and Robin, Mortal Kombat, the TV series and things like that. But you've also done, you know, some acting also. And like you said, with, with WMAC Masters, you played Lady Lightning and some other shows. What what made you want to step, you know, from the stunts to kind of more the, the, the main person on it and become an actress? I guess that probably started with the WMAC Masters show mm-hmm. because it was... It was mostly the martial arts, but we did have a little behind the scenes, you know, acting and conversations and in the gym and, you know, a little storyline, so to speak. Right. So so that's where that probably started, where I was kind of almost forced that I would have to do some lines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, uh, you know, 
I've always been very shy and, you know, doing, um, doing martial arts in front of a camera and stuff is not something that I thought I would end up doing it with my life. But when I was asked to do it and as shy as I am, when you have all these camera people and movie stars and everyone watching you, I, I, if, if I had to read lines at that, that first day, I mean, I would have been like, you know, shaking in my shoes, you know, but, <laughs> but doing the martial arts, something that you're 100%, a thousand percent confident with your abilities and you know if if it's like you know throw a kick at the spot or or do this type of kick or land here when you when you after you do some kind of spin and punch and you know land exactly right here i mean that was a piece of cake you know because you're, you're trained in that your whole life and i had a lot of confidence with that but to stand there and, and read lines and not sound nervous or or shy or you know that was the tough part right so, so I, I guess the WMAC Masters kind of like forced me into doing it because, I mean, not that they forced me, but, you know, it's, it was part of the whole role. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and there were all my friends, you know, whether it was Chris Casamasa or Mike Bernardo and Hakeem and, and Herb and, you know, Bridget and everybody on the show, we were all friends. So it wasn't like I was going to be super nervous talking to this big movie star in front of me. I mean, I looked at them as my friends. Nice. It made it a little easier to do that. And then from that point, you know, I did uh, some acting in sci fighter, extreme fighter and, and, you know, different roles like that, not big, like, you know, where you're the lead character and through, through the entire movie, but right. you know, some speaking lines and different, different movies. And I still do, still do a lot of stunt work now. And, uh, you know, actually, uh, had a chance in November to work with my son. So it was the first time we worked on a, a movie together. And oh, cool. and that was really cool, uh, you know, because he's, he's been doing this with me. You know, I was taking him to stunt seminars and stuff just because he's my kid and he kind of had to come with me. You know, I wasn't <laughs> going to leave him home with someone. So, yeah. you know, both of my kids came to stunt stunt camps and and participated on certain things and tried tried to do you know like the zip lines and stuff when they were a little little and and you know my oldest son he's pretty much followed that path and you know he's been doing extremely well with the uh, film work and you know he doubled uh dexter's son on the on the dexter show oh, wow. um okay and uh you know he was on the society which was a netflix you know he had a character on there mm -hmm. and you know he's done a lot of work and he's been doing really well so I'm proud of them. And, uh, you know, we, we both, so we both do different stunt jobs when they come up in that, that local, but our main, main focus is our karate school and yeah. keeping busy with that. So if they were to call you up and say, Hey, we, we, we want to do a, a limited series run on like Netflix of W Macy masters. We want to do a reunion of like eight <laughs> episodes with lady lightning like to come back. You think you'd do it? Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that would, that would be fun. Especially if it was a lot of the same, characters you know i think it'd be fun yeah. if they were to do that bring back <laughs> as many of the originals as they could and then maybe some of the top tournament you know kids of today you know have you guys like mentoring them or something that'd be kind of a fun thing to bring back i, I would definitely watch it <laughs> yeah it, it would be fun i mean i i don't think you would see us uh flipping and <laughs> doing crazy stuff like we had done back in the day but uh, it would be nice to see how everyone's you know aged and 
somewhat gracefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> nice, nice. I know I also read that you've, you know, you, you had mentioned wushu and stuff. You've also done some training in Krav Maga and kickboxing. Uh, kind of talk a little bit about how those popped into your life. Uh, well, the kickboxing, I was studying kickboxing years and years ago, like when I, before I was even a black belt, I think. Okay. And because my husband also not only taught the karate, but he taught a handful of kickboxes, you know, one that actually went for a world kickboxing title, you know, so he had, he had dealt with and, you know, worked the corners and trained them. And so it kind of interested me. I, I thought it was cool and, and something I would like to do. And you know, so I trained with the guys and I was the only female in there doing the kickboxing. And it was, you know, it was only a couple of us that, that were training. But because there were so little women involved at the time, it, it's not like a karate tournament. I could just go there and, you know, if there's a handful of women black belts that show up, you know, and it's gotten bigger over the years. But in kickboxing, it's like boxing. I mean, you need to be in that same weight category. So mm. not only was it a very hard market to find a fight, to find another female that was training, but they also had to be in my weight category. So that was extremely difficult. <laughs> so right. I wasn't getting any fights. So I kind of just like, uh, you know, I, I, I like the karate tournaments. I can go there. I get several matches in each time and, you know, at least I, I see some competition there rather than staying in the gym and training nonstop. And then, you know, all these fights are just not happening because we can't find someone in my weight category or, you know, they're out in California and the promoter over here is not going to fly them in. But then I started to teach kickboxing at the school probably maybe 13, 14 years ago as a fitness class. Oh, okay. So training them just like they would just like they would be trained if they wanted to go out and do a professional fight, teach them the same way, train them the same way. It's just that none of them ever really fight. They're just there to, you know, punch the bag, learn how to kick properly, have your hands up, do jump rope and, and speed bag and the heavy bags. And so that's where my kickboxing uh, kind of led to just doing it as a fitness class. And then the Krav Maga, I started training with a, a good friend of mine, Steve Sohn from New York. And he introduced me to the Krav Maga. And I really like it because it's very similar to the Kempo self-defense. It's, you know, the self-defense is very practical, but that's all it is, is self-defense. Okay. So it's an, it's an Israeli style, basically what the Israeli military use their defense and so it's very i want to say it's it's basic you know it's just right right to the heart of it you know <laughs> and it's just gun techniques knife techniques baseball bats you know it's you know you get put in headlocks and all that stuff so it's it's a lot of fun i enjoy teaching that class it's very uh practical and realistic and there's people out there that aren't interested in the art part as far as like the forms and the katas and mm you know, all the traditional stuff. They just want to learn how to defend themselves. So it's a great thing to have in, in the school in addition to our karate because some people are really only looking for that self-defense part. Nice. So how many times a week are you teaching with all the classes, the different styles and stuff you're teaching at the school? How often do you teach right now? Uh, I teach Monday through Saturday unless I'm oh. traveling on the weekends. Okay. Okay. So you stay, yeah. stay busy. That's good. That's good. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So, so as a school owner, let's say someone were to call you, maybe a friend from another part of the country, they've never been involved in martial arts and they're thinking of trying to find a school locally to them. What are some tips you'd give them on, you know, what to look for in a school, what to look for in an instructor and maybe some things they should avoid? 
I pretty much tell people it's not so much the style because a lot of times people say, you know, I can't find a Kempo school. And I say, you know, what? it's fine if it's not a Kempo, you know, even if it's one of our students that move. You know, it's not so much about the style. We the styles are important. If you if you like kicking, you, you obviously try and go towards the taekwondo style. If you if you like, you know, wrist locks and different things, you go towards the jujitsu and, you know. But so it is slightly important. But the most important thing is just having a really good instructor. You know, an instructor. We've all had. We've all gone to school and had that one. It could have been like your kindergarten teacher. It could have been your third grade teacher. It could have been your high school teacher. But we all have that at least one teacher that made a huge impact on us that yes. we'll never forget. And we only had them for less than a year. You know, but we've all had that one type of of teacher that was remarkable and and this teacher that you're going to find in the martial arts is someone that you could spend the rest of your life with if you stay with it and at least four or five years until you earn your black belt so and if you're a kid they're really instrumental on developing what type of person you're going to turn into so you know finding the right instructor that is not only about kicking and punching or how much you're paying me you know, but they really care about their students and are teaching not only the physical part, but the mental part, you know, how to set goals, how to have self-discipline, how to have better balance and focus in your life. So those things, and, and that's not, sometimes you can't just walk into a school and see that, you right, know, right. but, you know, there are, are red flags when it's, you know, very, very salesman-like and very, you know, trying to get you to sign up before you walk out the door and and you know you, you can just kind of tell those type of schools and um you know you you want to have good martial arts you want to you want to learn good punches and kicking and blocking um but you also want that other aspect too so just watching classes is the biggest thing is i tell people just go in watch a class see what they're doing even though you might not know you know a good punch from a floppy one or a good kick you don't know what you, anything about martial arts, but you can kind of get a feel for it. And I think it's important to just go in and watch yourself. Nice. Great answer. So now you kind of grew up in the tournament circuit. You, you competed since you were, you know, an orange belt. And I'm just curious, you also did some kickboxing. So what are your thoughts on MMA and the UFC? And are you a fan? Ah. <laughs> you know, yes, I, I do like to watch it sometimes. I'm not, I don't follow it like, like some people do they follow it all the time I right. mean, they're, they're on top they know every fighter and and who's up for the titles and you know but I, i'll watch it sometimes and i enjoy watching two good fighters especially when they have good grappling techniques and that you know you can just see them going from almost getting into a choke and how they get out of it and and or put someone in an arm lock and but some of it is just ground and pound. It's just, you know, same thing that you'd see out on the street. I mean, right. it's just two people beating the living crap out of each <laughs> other and who's going and to, and it's a very young market. Uh, you know, it's not something you're going to do at, at your 40s or your 50s by any means. Right. You know, it's something for a very young people in their 20s, you know, that it appeals to and that could actually go out there and do it. So I think it lacks a little bit of the... I shouldn't say a little, but a lot of the respect. You you can tell certain MMA fighters that have that 
martial arts background. They came up through the martial arts and how they're respectful. And, Very true. you know, you, you can definitely see the difference between those type of people or the people that just trained in M- MMA. And, uh, you know, I just think sometimes people might look at that as martial arts. And I mean, if I was a mom I'm out and <laughs> if I was a mom and knew nothing about martial arts and saw that, I would be like, yeah, my kids are not doing that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So, so I, I think, you know, very cocky and, you know, not, not all of them, but you know, the, it, it does lack a lot of the, uh, the respect and, and stuff that we teach in the martial arts. But um, some fights are really exciting to watch. I mean, some of those fighters have some great techniques and mm-hmm. great um, grappling skills. And, and uh, you know, so sometimes I really enjoy that. I just I don't enjoy just watching two people punch each other in the face and nonstop without <laughs> without seeing some great skills of jump kicks and different uh different jujitsu moves and stuff, you know, so that makes it a little more exciting. Okay. I'm just curious, did anyone over the years ever try to convince you to give it a try? No, I, oh. I think I was probably a little beyond my time when, when it did start getting okay. very popular, you know, I, when I was, when I was competing, I mean, I, I retired in, God, what was that? 93 Oh, okay. from, from competing. So, you know, so it wasn't like, it was very, very hot and active while I was still competing. You know, it kind of came after I had retired and stuff. Okay. Okay. So is there one martial artist you could pick that you just truly admire, whether it's someone you've actually trained with or just someone you've looked up to your whole life? Uh, that's a, that's a tough one to just say <laughs> one, but, um, I, one, one or two, maybe. <laughs> I, I would say Pat Johnson is definitely one of the top people up there that, I have had a lot of respect for him. I learned a lot from him in the film industry, but also just in life in general, a very positive person. Uh, You know, just he's definitely someone that I have a lot of respect for and had always looked up to way before I ever even, you know, worked for him at any point. I, I definitely admired him a lot. And also Chuck Norris. I mean, you know, we've had Chuck into, a, I think, three times over here in Rhode Island. We brought him in okay. uh, for special events. You know, he was a you know special guest at several of our events and stuff. And we've, you know, become very friendly with him. And, and you know, some, some big film stars that you meet over the years can be, you know, arrogant and a little full of themselves. And, you know, he's always been a very down-to-earth person, very friendly, very caring, and just, uh, you know, at the level that he's at as far as the success and and movies and, and TV shows that he's done, and, and he's very, very polite and, and caring and and very friendly to people. So, I mean, I, I definitely admire a lot about that, about him with that as well. And I had the chance of teaching a, uh, a seminar for his organization in Las Vegas. God, I don't even know what year it was. I think my my son was born. I think he came with me, so maybe he was a couple of years old. So maybe like 22 years ago or something. I you know taught for his organization. They had asked me to come in and teach a seminar, and and you know I I was in this ball. You know, Las Vegas ballrooms can be the gigantic, mm-hmm. and it was just I mean. I would say, you know, several hundred in that they were all brown or black belts. Wow. So, you know, and they were all in those white uniforms that, you know, 
<laughs> no, I was, I was the only one there standing there with a the black uniform. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely needed to be mic'd and you know, it was just a gigantic place. So uh, I remember doing that for him and for his organization, which was pretty cool. But you know, I, I would say those two people. Okay, cool. So is there a philosophy you've learned throughout your career in martial arts that is really important to you, you keep coming back to that you teach to your current students yourself? Well, I guess the biggest thing would be that you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. And I think martial artists kind of learn that depending on what type of system that they're brought up through. But I know everyone in our system, in our school, after you've gone through a black belt test, a three-day excruciating, long, uh, enduring, push you to your max type of test, you know, once you go through that, it's almost like uh, the military boot camp or something, you know, like once you go through that, it's like, I, if I could do that, I can do anything, you know, I mean, you know, trying to achieve something in, in work or um, another sport or anything else. I mean, that's, it's almost simple compared to what you go through when you're going through a black belt test mm-hmm. and stuff. So I think, you know, the martial arts kind of teaches you that anything you, you, you set your mind to, you could, you can achieve if you really focus on it you know, and having a positive attitude, you know, we don't, we try not to say, uh, don't fall, you know, if you tell someone don't fall, <laughs> that's all they're thinking about, you right. know, or don't lose, that's all they're thinking about, you want to say, you know, win, or, you know, keep your balance, you you want them focused on that part, not the losing part, okay. so keep, how you look at things is very important. Cool. Okay, do you have a favorite martial arts book? Ooh, um, not really. I, I, you know, of course, you know, Zen and the martial arts is yes. yep. a, a, a go-to, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're studying, uh, Ed Parker's Kempo, a lot of his books are, are very good because they explain a lot of different things that you're already studying. But I would say, you know, Zen and the martial arts is probably, probably my favorite. I, I think I've dealt more with, uh, going to seminars from great martial artists like that and hearing it from them rather than reading nice. it in a book. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think that kind of hits me better than, than, uh, than reading the books, but that would probably be my favorite. Okay, cool. And then uh, you kind of grew up in the eighties and stuff. So I'm not sure if you ever played video games, but if you did, do you have a favorite martial arts video game? Oh, I would probably say Mortal Kombat, but no, I, I never really played video games other than like Pac-Man. Okay. <laughs> back, back in the day. My kids my kids play it all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's the that's the thing nowadays is the video games, but uh I'd probably say Mortal Kombat. Okay, cool. And now for this one you, you obviously can't pick W Macy Masters. Do you have a favorite martial arts TV show? Uh probably Cobra Kai right now. Nice. Cobra Kai is you know, fun to watch. It's you know, some sometimes you watch it and you shake your head and you're like, that's so corny, you know, <laughs> like, like it's, it's so like old, like a show you'd watch 10 years ago or something. But, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm just on the new episodes and um, for the season. And I think I'm uh, I think I've watched three of them so far. Okay. Like I try not to I try not to, um, you know, in in. <laughs> engorge myself and not watching them all, all at once because it's nice when you have a day off and 
you know, you're not feeling too good and you, you get a chance to just kind of kick back, kick back on the coach. And it stinks when you've watched them all because you sat there one day and just watched every episode yep. <laughs> and you got to wait a year for it to come back out. But that's probably my favorite one right now. Well, I'm hoping they don't make us wait a year because they did finish filming season five in October. So I'm really hoping maybe they'll surprise us and give it to us this summer because I don't want to wait a year. And I, I'm one of the ones who I watched it all in one day. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, you know, and I know Martin Cove very well. Oh, um, cool. And, uh, you know, some, some different people that have been on over the, over the several seasons, you know, that have gotten a role as far as either just doing some stunts and we're in a background doing fight scenes and, and just the different people and, you know, and, and, there was talk about Hillary coming coming on at, at some point, and you know, and I I keep saying, God, if they have her come on, I mean, I hope they ask me to double her again. You know, that would be so cool. That would be awesome. I was I was actually going to ask that question, so I'm glad that's actually <laughs> fingers crossed. I mean, it's you know, yes. I'm I'm hoping. I know they said they want to do at least six or seven seasons if Netflix lets them. So there's definitely room to to let that grow, and I'll be, I'll be excited. You'll have to message me after you watch the final episode of the season. I'm curious on your thoughts on it. So okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. So favorite martial arts movie? Oh boy, uh, that that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I am very, uh, you know, I I I really like the first Karate Kid movie, the very first one. Yes. I mean, that definitely was one of my favorites. You know, as with any series, as they go on, you know, you, you kind of, it doesn't, they don't lose steam, but I mean, I just think that that first episode, that first uh, mm -hmm. Karate Kid movie was, was really, you know, really cool to watch how Ralph Macchio and, you know, got introduced in the martial arts and everything. And, uh, it was very realistic, you know. Yeah, oh, that, and that's my answer. That's my go-to because that's actually the movie that got me involved in martial arts. Told the story. It was the opening night at the movie theater in my hometown, and and after the movie ended, there was a gentleman out front handing out free passes to a local Tung Sudo school, and I, I grabbed <laughs> one and I started the you know two days later the Monday night. So that's if it wasn't for yeah. Karate Kid, I might have never started. So. I know. And then, you know, when you think about weapons and stuff is, is you know, like I, I really enjoyed uh, the Kill Bill with, oh, with yes. the sword, you know, but, but uh, the Karate Kid, I would say is probably overall okay, cool, my cool. favorite. And there's this final question, this one doesn't have to be a martial arts movie, but is there a movie you've watched that you just think has just a great martial arts fight scene? Uh, I don't know if I can say one particular movie. I mean, I, I really like watching um, some of Jackie Chan's. Yes. material i mean he's just phenomenal and um i don't know if i have like a favorite fight scene but there's uh you know between jackie chan and some of the some of the work done on kill bill i really mm -hmm. enjoyed but i i really like how they in a lot of his movies it's very you know unique stuff you know he's not grabbing a knife or a gun or you know he's grabbing a, a lounge chair or you know, a he's grabbing cart, a yeah. desk and he's you know he's using all kinds of different props and he's very very creative yes so so i think that's kind of cool that you know it's not just this the plane you know uh how many kicks and punches have we seen and different stuff but you know he's very creative so you never know what's going to happen when when he's out there doing a fight nice so have you ever got to do anything with jackie chan met him or trained with him or done any work with him at all no oh, i have okay. not okay. i have not i would love to but no i have not cool well, i'll keep my fingers crossed maybe that'll happen but 
But uh, Christine, I just want to thank you. This has been so much fun. I've, I've loved it. I said I, I, I followed your, your tournament career when I was a young martial artist through, through magazines, obviously, before the internet and stuff. And, and I remember how excited I got when Black Belt did the story on you getting into the Batman and Robin movie. I was so excited about that. So I'm, I'm glad we got to do mm-hmm. this and, and hear you tell your own story. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me on. It was a, my pleasure. And what I'll do is um, I'll put links for your guys' school and anything else you want me to put links for in the show notes once the episode comes out. And, and, and basically anything else you want me to promote, just let me know. Okay, awesome. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you'll join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.